and the throws and the lifts and the, oh, no, Auntie Susie can't do that. Oh, no, that's way too scary. <laughs> Broad bit of everything. This is the Broad Bit of Everything podcast. You're back on with Jess and the lovely Susie Cato. Hello. Hello. Kia ora. Telephone. <laughs> How have you been? I've been really good, thank you. It's a beautiful sunny day. We're in the school holidays, so how could you be anything else other than good? So if you don't know who Susie is, you've been living under a rock, obviously, but Susie <laughs> is one of the most awesome people. Um, well, in my many, many years, I've done a lot of things, actually, Jess. Um, probably the one that I'm most well-known for is the program with the song it's our time kiora talofa it's our time our special time of day but prior to that i had started uh, left school and um gone into radio myself many many years ago in Whangarei, kwc fm and then i found myself in television with the early bird show with russell rooster so if you were pre-1990 <laughs> Uh, that's a program you're probably familiar with. <laughs> Yo, doodle doo doo, it's cock a doodle day. So that was a rooster, uh, three ducks, Auntie Kitty Kia, and they took over the whole TV station when the humans had gone to bed, and they kind of took over and run amok. So I was the human content for that. Ah. And then I had 3pm, and then you and me, and then Susie's World, and now I have a kids' radio show. Oh, we also managed to slot in Brian and Bobby in there as well. Uh, a kids' radio show on 25 radio stations throughout the country, a YouTube channel, and various appearances on things like Home Learning TV and... Dancing with the stars. Casually dancing with the stars. <laughs> Just casually. Wow. That in. <laughs> so that's that's quite a, like, as is my podcast is called Broad. It's a very broad. Yeah. Well, when you throw in there um, book publishing as well, yeah. songwriting, and being a parent of two, and a mum, and a friend, and all those other things, yeah, it can get quite broad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with your new resurgence of popularity, how has that impacted you um, with Dancing with the Stars and all these new fans coming along? It has been fantastic. I have absolutely loved reacquainting myself with an audience that was once small and is yep. not so small now, but also finding a new audience and a connection with a new audience, which is wonderful. So Dancing with the Stars, I absolutely loved. I was turning 50, and so two days after I was voted off the island, oh, I, I turned You were 50. robbed. Oh, darling, thank you. I did love it, and I was so blessed with the dance partner that I had. Um, Matt is just divine and so very good at saying left. No, I don't left without moving his lips. So <laughs> good at ventriloquist. Yes, yes, exactly. And a really good friend as well. So, um, and I challenged myself in so many ways with that physically, because. I don't do a lot of exercise. And all of a sudden, I did a lot of exercise leading up to that. And I had to start walking before I could even start dancing because I had no fitness. Um, but I was dancing for up to 19 hours a day. And then as the competition progressed, we were dancing up to 10, 11 hours oh, wow. a day. But a lot of the other younger dancers were dancing more than that right yep. from the get-go. So, And you could tell it in their dance style as well. It was just like, oh, and the throws and the lifts and the, oh, no, Auntie Susie can't do that. <laughs> oh, no, that's way too scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was so fun. Like, I was watching it at home and then the dance that you were voted off, I was like, I was in, I'm pretty sure I was in tears when I was watching. I was like, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for your support. And, you know, that's one thing I loved is how much support I had, even from my daughter who was voting for me and, and <laughs> David Seymour with my money. It's like, what? <laughs> that money belongs to me, not anyone else. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, and David Seymour. Look, they were all amazing competitors. Yeah. And it was such a neat, fun environment. That petition that went around to get oh, you voted back on, what did yes. you think of that? Oh, look, that was amazing. <laughs> I was I was just so honoured to have been um, have that petition be created. And it came true. It's just that I came back in the last dance with everybody else. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's like a tradition, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you still dancing? Like... Oh, Jess, I would love to say that I was still dancing. But um, at the end of that year, I gave the dancing shoes to the kids, and they both did a term of dance. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and now none of us are dancing. Oh. So uh, other than uh, as we listen to music around the house and housework and all those sorts of things, well, me with the housework. <laughs> but um, no, I would love to say that I was dancing because I did enjoy it so much. Just trying to fit it in with your life. Yeah. And look, there's something about learning a dance routine for television within a space of a week in comparison with taking weeks to learn a whole dance routine and knowing that at the end of that first week, you know, you had that glitter, you had the glam, you had the tan, you had the everything. The whole thought of going through it week by week to learn something, I don't know, it's like, I want it to happen now. You yeah. <laughs> if you like went back to dancing, would those skills just kick in instantly or? Uh, I'd like to say that. <laughs> I'd like to say that probably with Matt, yes, but each dance teacher has a different dance style. Yeah. And the dances that we learned were created solely for that piece of music for that um, dance competition. So if somebody said, oh, you did the cha-cha with Matt, come and do the cha-cha with me. It's like, uh-uh, no cha-cha. Because, <laughs> because I don't know how to yeah. do the full dance, and it's not like I could just pick it up with any dance yeah. partner. And the lockdown TV learning, how was mm. that for you? It was amazing in so many ways. In fact, it was a huge learning curve for my husband and I because I just bought some camera equipment to take away with me when I do my little... I do quarterly visits around the country to the various radio stations that we have in our affiliation. And they we just got the equipment and we went into lockdown. It was like, oh. Um, and then Ministry of Education said, oh, now, great. We'd love some of your Susie's World. Would you like to make some new content for us? And I went, yes, I've got the camera gear. Oh, I haven't got a camera operator because you can't have anybody else yeah. come into your bubble. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> darling, can you learn how to use the camera? And then he said, oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. So we got that all sorted and that was hours of, you know, tutoring and, and um, searching on the internet and so on. And then it was, oh, darling, <laughs> can you now edit? Hmm, <laughs> okay, so we downloaded a program yeah. and again, hours and hours of, you know, we had interesting situations where we'd get halfway through a record and I'll go, mm, you know, that microphone that was supposed to be switched on? Yeah, I don't think I switched it on. Oh. And sure enough, so we'd have to go back and do things again. Yeah. And the scripts that we got given were um, created for, by teachers around the country. So educationally, they were fantastic. But sometimes the scripts might only be 10 minutes long and we had a 20 to 25 minute gap to fill uh. or they might be for enough information for say an hour and a half so we had to chop it and trim it and, and and do it all on the fly and also finding the materials that we needed for the experiments and things like that great nice and easy when it came to a box of pegs yeah. but when they wanted an aquarium or a terrarium or they wanted, oh, there was various things that they wanted. And I was able to go, oh, I have one of those. I am not a hoarder. I am a collector. <laughs> yeah. And it would have been hard trying to find that stuff in level four. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And a couple of times I had to say to my neighbours, um, 
have you got any worms? And so they'd dig out a little pottle and leave it on the wall for me. Oh. And I would come and take it and swap it with some baking that the kids had done or something like that. Oh. It was yeah. really neat. But like paying it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's that whole sense of community. So home learning TV was fantastic from that point of view, but also from the chance to reconnect with an audience that are young. So it's like... <gasps> They remember me from Susie's World now and things like that. When you think about that, Jess, yeah. those episodes were made back in early 2000. So you'll remember Susie's World. I I, I think I remember watching a few episodes, mm. but I wasn't like a massive like watcher. I don't know why I, was, I wasn't I was watching. Was it on TV? Yeah, it was on TV3. So we'd have you and me in the morning and then in the afternoon and then Susie's World. Ah. And many years ago, I was also had Susie's World and... Family Confidential, which was a parenting program. So, man, you just could not escape me. (laughs) Speaking of TV, Mm -hmm. would you ever, like, make an album full of all of your hits from, like, You and Me and Sing Something Simple and... Funny you should say that. We're just just looking at what we can do because there has been such a resurgence that, yeah, and those songs are so very special. And when I perform them now, and like I was just down in Te Papa um, during the school holidays, it was really lovely to see and hear so many parents singing along and now kids joining in with It's Our Time instead of them going, oh, what's that? Um, Because they've been reintroduced to it via YouTube and yeah. things like that. And so. their parents as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. The, the most common song, though? See, you see, you later, but we won't do that yet. <laughs> what were your favourite songs from your shows? Oh, it had to be um, It's Our Time and See You, See You Later. Those are the ones that we sang thousands of times because we recorded as if it was live and they edited on the go. And if we made a mistake, we'd go back and start again from the beginning. So oh, uh, wow. we co- recorded in three segments. We had these massive old cameras on these big pedestals. They were kind of like, um, you know, the office chairs type thing, but much heavier, those kinds of wheels. Um, and if they went over a little, you know, somebody walked in a stone on their shoe or something like that, and they'd gone over, gadunk, you couldn't have that in mm. a gentle gliding pan across my set. So we'd have to go back and do it again. I'm not going to say that I made mistakes. It was oh, always never. the camera. But <laughs> But any mistakes, we had to go back and do it again. And we made over 2,000 episodes, and we rehearsed before we recorded, so we had sung that song thousands of times. 2,000 episodes? Yes. And I wasn't the first presenter. Boom, boom, boom. Wow. Shock. I went, my first public appearance with you and me was at the Parent and Child Expo, and I was sitting on a mat, a big piece of carpet with all these big cushions and bean chairs around me and so on. And we had a few kids come through the first day, and one of the kids stood there with his arms folded, and I said, hi, my name's Susie. I know, he said. Oh. You're in Pauline's house, and Pauline was the first presenter prior to ah. me. Where is she? What have you done with her? <laughs> We man, and um, I had to explain that oh, Pauline had to move out of the house, and I was looking after it for her. And I said, "But hopefully you like the songs, because some of the songs are the same, like it's our time." And we we talked a little way, and by the end of it, he begrudgingly gave me a hug, and he said, "Oh, okay, I'll see you soon," and off he went. Oh. But it was just gorgeous. But there had been no explanation of this new person coming into Pauline's house. Friday was see you, see you later from Pauline. Monday morning was, it's our Ah. time with me. The house was painted differently. And a few of the elements of the sets, like the um, pin board and things like that, had been lowered because I was a full head shorter than Pauline. And where she was a brunette, I was a blonde. It was all quite different. I didn't even know that it was a first. No, don't tell anyone. No, you can, it's fine. (laughs) 
How did Sing Something Simple come around? Sing Something Simple came about as an extension of You and Me because we sang so many songs on You and Me. Um, so we might have It's Our Time and they would go to I'm a penguin, a penguin and I wobble around when my feet are on the ground. Or if we were talking about the balls. I'm a skittle standing on the floor waiting for the ball but I'm not sure if it'll knock me over or leave me standing tall. Here it comes. Watch me fall. And then I'd end up spat on the floor. So we would have all these songs, and some of them are really good and um, ones for kids to interact with. But also there were some really good songs about emotions and all those sorts of things. So sing something simple, sing a simple song. Sing something simple and you can sing along. It was basically a way of utilising those songs uh-huh. to make another television programme or DVD. Because yeah. I remember I've still got DVDs and VHSs of um, Sing Something Simple mm-hmm. and You and Me. And I remember when I rediscovered you... Mm-hmm. I was like 14 and I was like, oh, that's what my childhood was. (laughs) Exactly. And then I, for some reason, I like voice recorded the songs. It was Fly Like a Bird, Little White Duck, Hiccups, Air Song and I Have a Face. I know there's a little white duck sitting in the water. I have a face. Um, I have a face in in particular. Um, Sounds familiar, but. I will play it. Okay. I've got beautiful hair growing up. And two special eyes that look everywhere My nose is sweet, it's cute and neat And as for my mouth, it looks a treat That was, oh, it was a, that was a bop Do you ever get that feeling? <laughs> oh, that, really good bops do you still have like any of your any of the clothes that you wore from like you and me and Susie's well like do you still like have them as like nostalgia memory keepsakes I wish I did but no no. I gave away all my cosmic gear to various charities and uh oh man I wish I had them now although a dear friend of mine who helps me make the kids radio show during Dancing with the Stars dug out his old 91 FM Oh, wow. Cosmic shirt, uh, big sweatshirt. Now, it's big enough for, to fit him and I in there. It is massive, as all those cosmic tops were. I haven't got done anything with it, and I must, like, make it into a jacket or something like that. So it's very cool to have one of those back. But I do have a couple of You and Me tops, including the one on the front of my DVDs. There's me in a top with the globe. The big... The big kind of A-frame uh, shirts that I used to wear, no, they were all, they got um, given away and yeah. <laughs> repurposed. Yeah. What's the best memory from that period? So like from you and me to like Susie's World? Look, I am very fortunate because the teams that I had, they were a team down in Dunedin, because I used to fly to Dunedin from Auckland for two weeks and then I'd come home for two weeks. Oh. And I did that for five years making you and me. Jeez. And then I formed my own production company to make um, Susie's World and built a team around me. So the people are a big part of the memories of that time. We just had so much fun on set, whether it was you and me or with Susie's World. All those bloopers at the end of the program, yeah, they were real. (laughs) We didn't have to make up any of the bloopers. We just, we were either telling jokes and then I'd start talking and then I'd muck it up or... Um, yeah, I just mucked it up anyway. <laughs> but the reason we kept those in was to show kids that you're not always going to get it right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You laugh and you try again. Laugh at your own mistakes. 
So you've got to remember that myself every now and then too. Laugh at my own mistakes instead of getting grumpy. So my favourite thing from those times, I guess, once again, people, it's the kids that I met. So I did a lot of shows. I did a lot of touring, particularly with you and me, live shows, 25 minutes of songs, action songs and stuff like that. And then at the end, it was like Santa. Oh, yes. Without the beard. <laughs> I'd sit there and have the cuddle and the photograph. Yeah. And um, that was really special. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people are very fond memories of watching you and like sitting on your knee at mm. those meet and greet kind of yeah. things. What What was your favourite show like, you've ever done? You and me, Susie Wells, um, Early Bird and 3pm. Well, they're all very, they're all, they all have a place in my heart for lots of different reasons. But probably you and me yeah. is the one that is... Hello, my friend. How are you today? Oh, you've got a beautiful smile, and yes, you have. <laughs> you know, it's that really one-on-one, yeah, life-affirming, positive. Susie's world was fantastic from the science investigations mm. and having fun and learning, and you know, you, the kids were learning by osmosis. They didn't even know that they were learning because we were having so much fun making the program. But having that connection and knowing that a lot of elderly people would tune in and watch the program. Oh. I might be the only person that said to them, hello, my friend, how are you today? Okay, that's nearly going to make me cry. Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah, yeah. special. The only other person they might see in their day might be the person delivering Meals on Wheels or something like that. And you just take that into the context. You just go far out, you know. That's incredible. And I look, I've had um, businessmen say to me, you're that girl off tally. I was homesick the other day and found I'd ended up watching your whole program without even being <laughs> any more nauseated. And I went, oh, I think that's a good thing, you know. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was a very, very special program. Yeah. You're like an advocate, I would say, for like mental health and bullying with like Pink Shirt Day and stuff. Mm -hmm. You've even helped me when I came to you about being bullied all those years ago. Do people come to you for advice? They have at times. They have, yes. Um, which I'm really honoured to be able to provide if I can. But there are people that are better yeah. trained and better informed and have better skills than I do now. So when people come to me for help, I generally... Them Feed them to that. Yeah, 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 because particularly when it comes to mental health, there are people there that are trained and they're just waiting to help you. They are there for you. So yeah. please, please, if at any time you are struggling, you are not alone, by all means get in touch with me, but there are people better trained to be able to help you. So please ask for help. The thing is with bullies, so often something is going on in their lives and they may be bullied, they may have been abused, they may have all kinds of things going on. It's their need to have some kind of power. And if they're allowed to do that, then they may continue on and it may get worse. Have you ever experienced, like, have any experience with bullying? Yeah, but I talk about it in the New, um, New Zealand Women's Weekly. And yes, I had the opportunity to stand up and roar myself. So yeah, it is so hard because often when you're bullied, you then start to doubt yourself and your own self-worth. I wasn't about to be intimidated. And man, I was the, the shyest kid. I would look at the ground. I would be, you know, I was quite, I call myself a wimp, but I mean, that's not a very good way of describing myself. But I was quite shy and um, easily intimidated. So it didn't take much to bully me. But once I found that by speaking up loudly in a very public place, uh, embarrassingly so, that um, the people that were bullying me shot away and I never heard from them again. Awesome. <laughs> that crazy woman over there. What change do you want to make in like the industries you work in? So from the television industry, I wanted Kids Channel and I want it on uh, traditional television formats and things like that so that kids have a place to go to. They 
The screen options that they have are endless, but if we have destination television, a safe place for kids to go where they get local content and they can learn by osmosis and all those sorts of things, um, I think is really, really important. It's a soapbox that I stand on regularly. Um, so from that point of view, I love that I think radio needs to be more inclusive mm. and be aware of how many ears are listening and what ages those ears are and how impressionable they are. Look, just right across the board, if we were taking kids into consideration and families into consideration with all our um, town planning and all those sorts of things, I think it would be very different. Not to say that, hey, let's go all airy-fairy and hug trees and you know all that kind of stuff, dance and in the paddock, but it's about when it comes to business and still being very business-minded that we take families into account because if, if parents can go out with their families and enjoy a, a meal in an environment that's open and friendly and appropriate and things like that, you've got more people going out. Yeah. So, Who is your favourite person you've worked with? I mean, you've worked with so many people, but... Oh, my goodness. Any man. highlights? Oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Who I've worked with so many um, in various different forms over the years. Oh, you'll have to come back to me on that one. I'll see if I can Okay. Have you always enjoyed working with children? Yes, I have, although... And I don't actually get to work with children, if you might notice with you yeah. and me. We occasionally had a guest in, or they were pre-recorded inserts of kids doing things. Yeah. Because you bring a child into into the mix, and it's a very it's, different yeah. story. But I do work a lot with kids now with my with, YouTube channel. Yes. yes. So I do love working with kids. The younger the kid, the more open you need to be to change. There was one little chap who... <laughs> I interviewed, he was just gorgeous. And he was going to show me how his blocks turn into a rocket. He was so big on rockets. So I basically got him to show me to get an idea for the cameras and so on and for me to understand what it is we were going to talk about, that we're going to talk about rockets. So I introduced him and go, hey, I can't remember off the top of my head what his name is, but um, we're going to talk about rockets, aren't we? And he goes, no, cars. <laughs> And Aww. instead, spent his time, and I gently tried to steer him back to, no, show me this really cool rocket. No. Car. I'm, I'm bored. Yeah, car. We've done rocket. We do car. So, <laughs> so it became completely different, which is wonderful. But you do just have to be open and prepared for anything when you're working with kids. Yeah. When did you realise you had the, like, the gift? I do work well on camera. And I do work quite well behind the mic. And it's not until you actually get given that opportunity that you can actually experience it and, and understand. Yeah. You know when you are, when you've got a TV presenter in front of you, if they're talking at you or talking with you or to you. You know what I mean? So um, with me, it's about envisaging the person at the other side of the camera. Yeah. And imagining that they're here in the room with you. And it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Forget about the thousands or millions that might be watching you. It is one person. And the same with you when you're on the radio. And something really interesting happened as I was one of the youngest female radio announcers at that time. Back in 84? No, is it that? 85? 86? Oh, some many, many years ago. Decades ago. Back in the dinosaurs. And I was one of the youngest female announcers. Must have been 87. Anyway, um... I was on air on New Year's Eve and chatted away through the evening, asking for opinions and advice, you know, talking, you know, and a few people rang in for um, requests and so on. But it wasn't until a 
couple of weeks later that I got a telephone call from a young person who had said that he'd had his first New Year's Eve away from his family. He was from Taranaki or Hawke's Bay or something like that, was in Whangarei and was away from his family and just wasn't enjoying the, mm. the fact that he was alone and it was a New Year's Eve and he should be partying with his mates and all the rest of it. And it wasn't until I said, hey, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I've really enjoyed your company and hey, we're coming up to midnight now. Happy New Year, see you in the next, see you next year type thing. Yeah. And I finished up that he realised, hey, he'd actually spent the evening tuning in and he hadn't been alone. No. Because I'd been alone in the studio space and I wasn't all party party or anything like that, but I was having a conversation and he realised that he hadn't been alone and he said that made a huge difference to him and to his night and he went to bed going, you know, wasn't so bad after all. And I think that's when I realised the potential of this medium um, to be able to connect with people. Yeah. So do you have like any go-to Netflix shows or like streaming shows? Okay, so we, at, since lockdown, started watching a different series with our children. More my youngest, because my, my eldest is off into other things um, and has her own series that she's watching. Yeah. But we were uh, Lost in Space, was a really good one. The Umbrella, uh, umbrella, the umbrella Academy. Academy. I can't even say it. The Umbrella <laughs> Academy. Star Trek, the latest version of oh, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, so what we did, though, instead of binge-watching... We made it destination viewing. So we said to our son, eh, back in the old days, we would have only watched one episode a week and we would have had to wait a whole week to be able to see it again. So what, instead what we did was Tuesday and Thursday night was the Umbrella Academy. Monday and Wednesday was um, Lost in Space. And then Friday and Saturday night we had for movies and things like that. Cool. So, Yeah. Like scheduled, um, yeah. so it's like not binge watching all at once. No, exactly. And so we had something to look forward to. It's like, have your, your dinner, you have your pudding, and then, oh, what are we watching tonight? Right, let's go and watch it. And we'd all sit around the TV, and then that gave us a few days to talk about it, you know, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, and your imagination runs right of mm. what could happen next. Any local um The cul-de-sac has just released its latest series. So oh, no. they've just, um, this is a teen drama made here in New Zealand, the cul-de-sac, go and find it, go and find the first series, and then lots of amazing local talent, and four teens, so it's really good, and locally too, away from the keyboard, AFK. Oh, I've heard of that yeah. one. Yeah, 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 some friends made it, and I got invited to be a part of it, ah. the, the most recent series, and I declined it, because... It was in such a violent scene, I had to be a healer or something like that, which really sat well with me. But um, I think there was a limb lost or a head lost or something like that. I went, oh, I don't know about that. Because <laughs> I have to be so aware of what I'm doing. Guys, what do you reckon? Should I have done it? Should I have you know, thrown Been off the, um, the Dancing with the Stars <laughs> persona, <laughs> persona and, um, and done something like that? I, I don't know. Because there's this level of expectation yep. that I have of myself but perhaps you guys have of me too, that you wouldn't expect to do that. Me like to do that. happy-go-lucky compared to like dark. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Ah, oh, that could be quite interesting too. Okay, so I haven't done much in the way of acting. So guys, if you know anybody that's um, in drama and needs somebody, then maybe put my name forward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you rather go back on TV for your own shows or would you be out in the community like you are kind of now? Uh, both. Both because being back on television, home learning TV, meant that I reached a far greater 
audience. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of live shows. Well, outside of lockdown, I'm doing a lot of live shows, which is wonderful. But um, I would love a regular television program. Uh, carry on with my YouTube channel, have my radio show, and do live performances. Okay, is that greedy? But that's okay. That's fine. I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> and back to the who of you who was the favourite person you worked with? Oh God. Okay. Well, look. They look. When you look at the local talent that here is here in New Zealand, the, the Hillary Barrys, the John Campbells, the Amanda Gillies. Um, gosh, there's so many people that I have come into contact with in one way or another, and they're all amazing in their own right. But behind the scenes, the directors and the producers and the crew. Now, one little story um, that comes to mind about you know important, amazing people is. In one of the two weeks I was down in Dunedin, my grandfather died. And I couldn't just up and leave. I couldn't go to bed and throw the covers over my head, which is what I really wanted to do. But I had to carry on making the program because I was there for two weeks and we had a job to do. So as a performer, you have to find the light switch inside you that allows you to do that. So there are times when the smile didn't always reach my eyes or, or whatever. So And we were filming this day and I was being a bird. Maybe it's the bird song ah. that you think of. So this was about putting out your wings and flying. And are you flying with me, little bird? Let me see your wings. And from the camera was quite still in this this time. And from behind the ped, pedestal, this big, big camera came, the wings of the camera operator. And I knew that he was there with me. So there might have been a little tremble in my voice or something that he spotted. Yeah. And he didn't normally join in, but he joined in and we... We sang together type thing. And I went and gave him a big hug afterwards and I had a big cry. And yeah. I said, I said, thank you so much for being there when yeah. when I needed it. Yeah. And so people behind the scenes are just as important. Have you met anyone like mega famous? Um, mega famous. Um, Dave Stewart from the Arrhythmics was probably somebody who's the most mega famous. And that was went back in when I was in um, record company days, Millie Vanilli, people like that. So Dave Stewart from the Arrhythmics, he was over on a solo tour and spent time with us all. And um, you know the shop hunters and collectors up on Simon Street? He went there because he wanted to buy some gifts for his family and he bought each of us at the record um, company uh, these rings with with an eye in it. Ah. And we each got, and he got the different sizes and all the rest of it, and some were blue and some were green and some were black and all the rest of it. I still got my eye and that was... You know, from Dave Stewart of the Eurythmic, who was awesome. Yeah. And he took time and he would chat and show pictures of his children and those sorts of things. So although he was the most mega star that I had met at that time, he was so down to earth, mm. so personable. When the cameras weren't rolling and he yeah. wasn't having to be the big star type thing. Yeah. yeah. And this has been the end of the second episode of the Broad Bit of Everything podcast here with Jess and Susie Cato. And where can we find you, Susie? Hey, probably the best way to find me is to head to my website, susie.co.nz. And you can also find me on Facebook, Susie Cato Official, uh, Susie underscore Cato on Instagram. And I'm occasionally a twit on Twitter. I don't tweet very often, but yeah, you can find me there as well. And you are in all the other shows on YouTube. Oh, yes. yes. So, yeah, well, if you go to my website, you'll find uh, my YouTube channel. But if you just Google Susie Cato, I'll pop up everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, you can't escape me. (laughs) See you, see you later. It's time to say goodbye. See you, see you later. I've really got to fly. See you, see you later. It's time for us to end. See you, see you later. Jess will be back again (laughs) next week with the next podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Susie. Thank you, Jess. 
敗。